Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drop Temp Coffee podcast. Uh, Today, behind the mic, we have... Carrie. And Tim, and we're going to be here talking about the quality of coffee. I think it's a great topic, and we just went through the holidays. We have a new year coming up. Really excited for 2020 you. 2020 you. 2020. 2022. Oh, good Lord. My tongue is twisted. Um, Basically, we're moving on into a new year. It's exciting changes that are happening with drop temp that's going on. Um, As you guys know, I don't know. I think we touched base on it a little bit. But Tim, tell them about your new uh, roaster that we're getting installed. All right. So we get to do a shout out to uh, Brandon, the owner and main proprietor a Primo coffee roasting equipment out of Los Angeles. Hello, Brandon. Hey. Hey, and we are going to bring in a brand new 20 kilogram roaster. That's actually the max capacity is 20 kilograms, and we cannot wait to get it set up. So how many pounds of coffee can we roast in an hour in the new machine? 132 or more, depending on how long it takes. I know, right? All that quality coffee dropping out of a machine kind of makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because coffee <laughs> equals happy. That's what it says on Blind Coffee Roasters. Uh, that's your slogan, right? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for that. Yes, that's exactly why. That's exactly This episode why. was brought to you by Blind Coffee Roasters. Coffee equals happy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. As you can tell, we're kind of jacked up on coffee, and we had to do previous runs of our podcast, and we're like, okay, we're going to scratch this, scratch this, because we're kind of going off topic. But now I feel like we have a good flow. We're getting the nerves shaken out, and we're having a jolly old time. Well, it's all about you. Me? Yeah, just today. I mean, look at you. You're a nice person, you're a smart lady, you're a great owner, all those things. Oh, Look at you. Thank you, kind sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so I'm going to try a transition. You ready? Ready for this? Quality coffee. Let's yeah. talk quality coffee, shall we? Let's dive into it. We want to touch base about why Tim and I are all about our quality coffee and what makes specialty coffee special compared to the coffee that you find at the grocery store. So Tim, why don't you kind of break that down like specialty coffee versus commercial coffee and kind of break that down for everybody. Sure, well, commercial coffee generally scores um, on a standard score sheet by the Specialty Coffee Association of America as below 84. Anything below 84 is considered commercial coffee. So when you buy that special red container at the grocery store, uh, generally speaking, you will not get something as high quality as you will with us, the small roasters. Everything above 84 is considered specialty. And you can go all the way up to 100, although I don't think we've ever seen 100. No, I haven't seen 100. Yeah, so it's pretty rare we get 90s in there, but pretty rare. And generally speaking, when they get above 90, it becomes a little more expensive, I think. It's a little pricey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, didn't you just go to an amazing coffee tasting the I other day? I did. It was hosted by World Cup of Excellence. It is a coffee company in Portland that does all these, like, judging and 
coffee cuppings with these really high-end specialty quality grade coffee. It was out in North Mississippi. I have to tell you that it was actually my first official, official coffee cupping. Now, I bet a lot of people are like, you've done coffee cuppings. Like, yeah, I've done coffee cuppings, but not anything where I'm tasting coffee that is graded 90 or above. So the average coffee score with the coffees I had during this cupping was between 90 and 91. And boy, it was such an experience. My tongue was tickling. It was a really amazing experience and I had really amazing food to go along with it. So if there's another coffee cupping that's going to be happening, I love to host that or love to attend another one. I think that's great. Coffee cuppings are a little official. And that's why I generally talk about my own experiences, tastings. I'd rather I'd rather call it a tasting. The reality is that they pay people big money to be quality graders or Q graders. Yeah, let's go ahead and dive into quality graders. Yeah, go right, go hit it. Hit yeah, it. so quality graders are folks who go through vigorous training. And so what their job is to do is they inspect the beans, they cup the coffees, and they grade the coffees based on the different things that they uh, inspect when it comes to the green coffee quality and what they cup at the table. If that coffee meets the specialty grade standard, then they're able to sell it and it can go to its destination, like coming here to the US. And us as coffee roasters, we would be able to try those coffees. And if we enjoy it, then we pass it on to the consumers and say, hey, this is a rocking coffee. This was graded at an 86.3. Four, it is amazing. Now, we don't really tell the customers it's 86.4 unless they know about the grading system, but we can tell them, hey, we have an amazing high-grade coffee. You're going to taste uh, notes of red berries, apples, pears, whatever the case may be. Really nice bodied coffee. You're going to enjoy it. And a lot of times when I suggest uh, coffee to my customers, I ask questions. and I, And I know you do the same thing. So if a customer says, hey, I'm looking for a coffee, I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I ask them, what exactly do you want it to taste? Some people are very, very, very specific on what they want to taste. And some customers are just like, I want something that tastes like coffee. You know, it's funny. I get a lot of questions about tasting of coffee. And most of those things I can answer. But I think, I think most coffee drinkers might come into two separate headings. I think there's the coffee snob and the coffee nerd. Now, snobs, generally speaking, want the exact same flavor every single time. No change. They want a consistency. All the time. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, they don't like going out of that. It's way out of their comfort zone. But the coffee nerd, I know that you and I both qualify as this, like to try coffee from around the world and different processes and all those things so we can experience what coffee is around the world. Just like we talked about in the previous episode, our favorite coffees from unique places. I think that was really great. We kind of touched on that a little bit. I agree with that. Um, the thing about quality graders is they're held to a, a very specific standard. And the reason they do that is so that we know what coffees to target for purchase. Now we buy coffees in bags. Those bags might be 60, 
69 or 70 kilograms in most cases. Yes. And so going back to talking about the quality grader, I know I kind of went off a little track there. This is what I get for drinking coffee in the afternoon. I have That's a- all right. Your coffee was great. <laughs> ah, thanks. Thanks to uh, Office Evolution for the coffee, man. They hook us up here in the studio. It's yeah, great. It is. Thank you, Office Evolution. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> this was a sponsor. Um, so going back into the Q grader, I touched base a little bit about the green coffee quality and the cupping. So what exactly do the Q graders look for in green coffee? Tim, why don't you touch base on that? Okay, so they're looking for a consistency in size, a consistency in shape. They're looking to make sure there are no um, strange irregularities or items in the coffee that shouldn't be there. Believe it or not, we actually see things to get through that quality check, but we make sure to take care of them first. But they're also looking for a coffee roasted to a certain standard so they can talk about flavor profiles and then they give scores based on all that information. And typically when coffee is roasted for cuppings with Q graders or roasters in general, there is a specific roast level that they have to hit. So we're talking more of a, like a lighter roast. And the reason why they do the lighter roast is because they want to really draw out the acidity and a lot more of the flavor profile as you do with a lighter roast. When you do roast coffee a little bit darker, you're doing more the burning the sugars, the caramelization, which kind of muddles those different notes. Not all the time, but the chemistry changes with the Malliard reaction changes that. But lighter roast is typically what they use when it comes to cupping coffee because it really makes the coffee highlight its uh, body. No, and, and I, I I understand that, but personally, I don't like my coffee that that white. I mean, I don't like French roast. I don't like darker roasted coffee. I prefer medium roast because I like my coffee to have more body. And if you don't roast the coffee to a medium standard, it generally is a little watery, but it does allow you to define the flavor. And generally speaking, Q graders are held to a certain standard and the coffee needs to be roasted to that same certain standard. It's consistency across the board. Right. 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 And so with the Q graders, that for them, they understand the assignment. They roast the coffee, they do the cupping, and they're able to provide the information to the green coffee importers, exporters, this information. And that information in turn is relayed to us as roasters. So we can work with the green coffee importer. They could say, hey, Carrie, Tim, we have this really great coffee that is coming out of Honduras. This coffee cups at at 86.6. Uh, You're going to find notes of red berries, fine red wine, full-bodied coffee. We're like, ooh, that sounds amazing. Mm. So Tim and I would request a sample. And, of course, we do our own roasting of the coffee. And we cup it. And we determine whether or not we like the coffee. Here's the thing. If there is a coffee that we don't like, we're not going to offer it to our customers. Because ourselves, we know that we're going to really... Enjoy it. And if it makes us say, wow, as coffee professionals, I guarantee you our customers out to the public, they're going to enjoy that coffee. They're going to be just as enthusiastic as we are when it comes to coffee. So if we get excited about something, 
they're going to get excited about something. I couldn't agree more. And personally, you know, you're in my case are very similar, I think. I think we've agreed on most of the coffees that we've had in. And to your credit, I think that your choices of coffees have been outstanding. I think you make a very nice choice. But it really is up to the individual roaster, the people who are buying the coffee. And this is something that, that we take very, very seriously in our, in our world. We want to make sure that we're offering a coffee that will bring out the happiness in people. I, I know that the quality standards in our building are extremely high. I know they are. And that's to the credit of my friend across the way here and the other people that are out there. We also have to, uh, at this point, I want to give a quick shout to Genuine Origins. I want to also give a quick shout to uh, Atlas. And I want to give a quick shout to Cafe Imports. You got anybody you love out there you want to send a quick shout? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many amazing people. Uh, I know... I gave out shout-outs to East Edge for the Sabatra Coffee. We've already done a shout-out to Lan of Bon Mao. Yeah. Um, I would have to say I would love to give a shout-out to De La Finca. They're based in Honduras. It's a family-owned coffee roasting importing company. The families over there own their coffee farms, and so we get direct trade from them. But, boy, the natural Honduras coffee that we got from them was just top notch and that was one of the coffees that we weren't able to source this year unfortunately and boy it was an amazing cup of coffee you know it it boils down to like there's been issues with the supply chain this year oh supply chain yeah yeah oh man boy what a pain that is oh gosh everybody's been affected by supply chain unfortunately check this out carrie i've had to remove four different coffees from my menu because of supply chain issues and hopefully we get them back but right now uh, we don't have them to offer isn't it sad it it's such a bummer because you've had great offerings on a lot of coffees and you had to really roll back and kind of shift with the supply chain issues and so have i there were quite a few coffees that I had had on my shelf as single origin offerings that a lot of my customers enjoyed. And unfortunately, because of delays of coffees getting to the ports or restrictions that are happening in the countries, I had to roll back on a few single origin offerings myself and had to pivot. With that being affected, we also, as business owners, had to adapt to the changes that are happening with inflation. When I started... Elliot and Murray, I was offering one pound bags of coffee. I was selling it, I should say, for $15 a pound. Pretty reasonable. But because of inflation and prices going up myself, for my company, now, again, Tim, you operate your company differently than how I operate my company. So one of the changes I had to make was changing my bag size. I was doing one pound bag of coffee, but going back to my numbers, it was not making sense because the profit margins for me selling a one pound bag was smaller. And so I had to scale back to offering 12 ounce size coffees and to raise the price a tad bit to adapt to the market. You know what, that's that's a great item to talk about. Um, for me, I've been able to buy a higher volume 
of coffee and do contracting, in other words, guarantee prices when things come in, sign a contract to agree to buy a certain amount of coffee. And by doing that, I've been able to offer pounds of coffee, a full pound, and to not exceed $18 in most cases. Like I've been able to hold pricing at, at that level. And I'm certainly thankful for that. Right. And so touching base on that, because you buy in higher volume than I do. For me, making 12-ounce size bags make more sense because I'm also saving as far as my offerings when it comes to my green coffee storage. And so I have a certain inventory, a certain supply of green coffee. By offering 12-ounce size instead of one pound, that actually helps reserve my inventory. Yeah, it's this subject has come up a number of times this last year. And I really like a one pound bag. I prefer to keep it there. But I'll tell you, if the average price goes up and we have to charge more than 20, I'm going to have to change that. That's unnecessary. I agree with you completely. The idea is to be able to hold inventory so that you can offer a consistent product. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly it. You know, I, I do, I still do offer one pound bags of coffee, but I'm a little bit more than $18 a pound. I'm a little bit more in that my price range. I do have customers that have bought coffee from me since the beginning and they're okay spending a couple of extra bucks on a pound of coffee because they know that they can come to me and get locally roasted coffee. They know they're paying for the quality of that coffee. I think that's something that surprises a lot of people. There is such a wide variety of quality in coffees. I think it's, it's important to depend on your Q graders. These people are seriously well-trained. They spend a lot of time getting to know the differences of flavors and qualities. And without their guidance, I think we'd kind of be stuck. We wouldn't know what, what we're buying. Quality graders play a really important role somewhere between the growers and the drinkers by giving the roasters more information. And I like the fact that I can work with green coffee importers that have sustainability programs and being able to support the farmers. I think that's really, as a roaster, I have started learning and educating myself on this transparency from, uh, you know, paying farmers a fair wage of coffee. Because I tell people, I said, look, because you're paying a premium for this coffee, you also have to think about the farmers that are out in the coffee uh, fields, like yeah. between 12 to 18 hours, busting their butt, picking each individual cherry off the tree. It's the worst job. Picking ch coffee cherries is a terrible, painful experience. I, I've been in a couple of different farms to do that, and honestly, those people do not get paid enough. And because we're representing countries all over the world, we we want to make sure that we have a completely traceable product. In other words, we try to buy direct from farm. Yes. Right? Uh, direct trade, which ends up paying workers the best, generally. Then we try to go with fair trade. And fair trade's maybe not quite as good when you, when you pay somebody because they spread out the money evenly over a number of different growers or farmers. I like direct trade whenever possible. Personally, I like to do coffee that way myself. And I think with direct trade, not only that you're paying a little bit more for great coffees and supporting the farmers and 
what have you. But you're also creating a relationship directly to the farmer. And you're getting to learn more about their history, how they started their farms, and getting to understand their family, and really getting the whole picture of what it is like understanding that culture, that history behind that micro lot of coffee. Yep. Now, micro lot generally means that there's a limited number of bags. And that, and that really, micro lot is kind of one of those phrases that has a couple of different meanings. Usually it means there's less than 50 bags of coffee coming out of a particular farm for that lot, generally. I like micro lot coffees, especially because you'll get a higher quality of coffee in that. But those guys have been hit so hard by supply chain. Supply chain. Supply chain. I don't know about you, but the amount of coffee I haven't been able to carry on my menu has been painful. And even in 2020, in the middle of COVID disaster, we were able to get a, a bigger supply of coffee. Man, I can't wait to get back to where we can get what the coffee we want. I definitely want to be in that spot as well. I want to be able to offer a variety of different coffees and get back to that. For me, I really never knew the coffee industry pre-pandemic because when I opened my Elliot and Murray, I was, what is it? I opened it in August of 2019 and only worked an X amount of months. And then boom, the pandemic and shutdowns and all these different things. So for me as a new coffee roasting business, here I am like almost three years into it. I never really understood or learned what it was like pre-pandemic. So it's been a wild ride for me. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So and that's the thing for me. I've been doing blind coffee roasters since 2012 and got a lot of experience pre-pandemic to be able to get coffees in. I, I, I'm very fortunate that way. And hopefully I'm laying some knowledge on you as well, Carrie. Because the, the thing is, and the reality is, that roasters learn from roasters the best way possible. I know I've certainly grown a lot that way. Personally, working with you has been a pleasure, and I can see nothing but improvement from here. I think that this is going to be a fun ride, and I can't wait for 2022 to start and get going. And by the way, everybody, Happy New Year out there. And we hope you guys are safe on New Year's, New Year's Eve. Thank you, Tim. I, I appreciate you as a friend, as a co-host on the podcast here. We have nice conversations about coffee, but we talk about beyond coffee. This year has been quite a roller coaster. And, you know, Tim and I have been each there for each other through our highs and our lows. I'm looking forward to 2022. Yeah. seeing what's what's going to happen. I feel like we're going to have some amazing things happen. We're going to have your new roaster installed, ready to rock and roll. Yep. Drop Temp itself is going to be hosting classes in the near future where we're going to do coffee cuppings, home roasting 101. We have those rolling out sometime in February of 2022. Check out our website and look for the events page and see what we have going on well with that i want to i want to make sure that people know how to get hold of us so i'm going to i'm going to sit and tell them about your site and you're going to tell them about mine to find carrie's fantastic coffee you need to go to elliot murray coffee 
murrayspeaks.com. And you can order right online. Murray is spelled with an E-Y, by the way. But if you type it with the A-Y, that's okay. And if you're interested in looking at the offerings that Tim currently has on his website, you could check out blindcoffeeroasters.com. Coffee equals happy. <laughs> Thank you again for that. By the way, Carrie, happy new year. Happy New Year, Tim. This was a great conversation, and we hope for you to join us on the next episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. That really, really helps us out with our show in the rankings. And also, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think about the show. If there's any topics that me and Tim to cover, let us know. Also, too, we're accepting donations for the show as well. Please make a contribution on our Anchor FM website. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everybody. Until the next episode.